This is a 980 CKNW podcast. Well, as you likely heard in the news, the report presented by the Mobility Pricing Independent Commission has been released. We got a first look at it this past week. Two ideas put forward, two options for reducing congestion on streets throughout Metro Vancouver. One idea, congestion point charges, where drivers would be charged for passing a certain location. The other, uh, price, pricing the distance that a driver goes that could go by time, could go by location, and uh, each kilometer that a driver passes would be charged. Well, let's bring in Gordon Price, who is a director at the City Program at SFU, uh, to talk a bit more about this. Uh, Gordon Price, thanks so much for being with us. Uh, What is your reaction to uh, the ideas put forward by uh, the Mobility Pricing Commission? Well, the commission had a little logo that they used for their public process, a clock that said, it's time, and it turned out, well, no, actually it isn't. <laughs> I don't think anyone has come on board and said, yeah, no, let's go ahead with this. Not even the commission itself. I, I think they recognize that this was an idea not ready for prime time. Uh, so what is the point then to get the conversation going and for yeah. re- re- um, putting out this report is to get to kind of a gauge of public opinion or public reaction to this? Well, more than that, uh, you know, you can pretty be confident that when you're proposing anything that looks like a new tax, the initial reaction is not going to be favorable. But, but yeah, conversation for sure. I think they would say, I think it was in the report, that this isn't really a question of if, it's going to be how and when. And, yeah, the, the transportation landscape is, is changing so fast, and we've, I think, hardly begun to see some of the changes that we're going to be experiencing in our lifetime that trying to bring in any particular, uh, you know, idea, whether point or distance charging, yes, but it will be part of, I think, a, a much larger question that we're going to be addressing on on really the nature of the entire transportation system, not just roads, not just vehicles. Because some of the, the questions being raised by some of the mayors, and uh, I think it's a good point in that it's it's one thing to charge mobility pricing and to try and reduce congestion, but there are areas where it's not as though somebody can ditch their vehicle and hop on transit. No, absolutely. But the experience in other cities that have tried it, there aren't many, but uh, certainly in Stockholm and London, they're probably the best known for that relate to our experiences, that uh, the people adapt actually pretty quickly. And when they see the benefits, uh, you, you'll get a complete change in, in public opinion. In Stockholm, a good example, uh, they did a, an initial trial run. People were generally opposed to it. After they experienced the benefits, about a 20% redu- reduction in um, in congestion. More importantly, a, a much more reliable transportation system, if you, particularly if you were driving. Uh, it passed handily and is now more popular than ever. Uh, but it, did they build the transit infrastructure along with it? They did some. Uh, it turned out, actually, that uh, according to the chap who was here just uh, last week, um, people adapt in some ways they don't even know. Uh, transit, yes, is part of it. But it turns out that you don't really need to add a lot of additional transit, but it has to be a practical choice for people. Right, because if it's going to take you two and a half hours to go somewhere that you could drive in 40 minutes, that's not the best choice. In in that case, you drive. Right. I I, I just think we, (laughs) I understand, we tend to stratify out, you know, it's one choice or 
the other. No, there are some trips that make sense to drive, some by transit, some by walking, some by cycling. And, and the key is to have the information that you need to make the, the best choice for you and, and know how long it's going to take, know what it's going to cost, know what the road conditions are going to be like, know what the weather is like. Actually, we have all this information at hand now, and, and we're going to get more and more of it so that the choices that we have to make will will much better serve our needs. And I, I think if you have a system that offers you enough choices, people will be prepared to pay for it on a per-trip basis. But we're some distance from that yet, I think. Uh, there's uh, There was talk in the report as well that uh, in some of the options, it could also lead to the elimination of the fuel tax. That was met with some skepticism uh, by people saying, will that actually happen, though? Well, it's happening whether we like it or not, <laughs> in a way. Uh, gas tax revenues going to TransLink is down two-thirds over what it was just a few years ago with uh, the rapid electrification of the vehicle fleet. Now we can, and this is really one of the reasons why the commission was established. Gas taxes aren't going to be a reliable source of revenue. They're going to decline, and and I think absolutely uh, we would drop it tomorrow if if we could get agreement on a a better, more efficient, and more stable source. How does it look, or does Stockholm do this as far as the idea of of charging per kilometer? How does that even uh, how does that unfold, or how does that how do you put a system like that in place? Well, you know, we're going to be able to look to Washington and Oregon. They they are actually pretty advanced on, on pursuing this. The technolo- technology is theoretically available. You know, really, you could do it on your phone, uh, practically. But clearly issues around privacy, who has the information and how they use it. Uh, I don't think that's where the challenge is. I think it's, a, it's having a system that people can trust that uh, is fair. And fair is really, I think, in the end, what this issue is about. Uh, and then, you know, the technological solution, it has to work the first time. This is another message that we got very strongly from both London and Stockholm. Don't try advanced technologies that haven't been tested. Use something that's going to work on day one. If that system fails, you won't recover. So, uh, again, we've got a, a little work to do. Fortunately, a lot of other places are going to do that work for us, and I think we will get the benefit from it. Although, I mean, if we one only needs to look to the compass card system, there are many, many cities around the world that already had much more advanced systems in place, and it still took us a very long time to get our system up and running. Yeah, and TransLink was very much criticized at the time, but now uh, we have about a 90 95% take-up on on that card, uh, which is extraordinary. Uh, it's the highest I've ever heard, and it works pretty darn well. So was it worth the time? I would say so, particularly if they had rolled it out and then had to... So, okay, sorry, we kind of blew it on that one. It took a longer than they hoped, but that's the nature of technology. Uh, realistically, then, looking at mobility pricing, the options that have been put forward, realistically speaking, what, when, when do you think we might see something like this in the region? Well, I, I think we've got to avoid looking at the problems and the solutions of the 20th century and, and be thinking about where we're going to probably be. Uh, and even then, I would maybe not use the word probably. I don't think we know yet. You can see such dramatic change coming in the kind of technologies we're going to be using. I'm talking not just about the car. Automated vehicles clearly in some way are are going to be affecting our lives. But the information technologies, all of the different choices that you may have, if they can be integrated in one seamless system, so that we stop thinking about ourselves as drivers or cyclists or transit users. We're going to be all of the above, and, and I think there actually will be variations on all of that as well. Questions on how we we pay for it comprehensively, the new players who are going to be in the game, 
Uber, obvious example here, very aggressive, but there are many others. There's going to be a different way in which transportation services are delivered and hence paid for. All of these questions inter- interact, and I, I think this is the key message that actually did come from the, the Mobility Commission. We've started the conversation, but it really has to continue. We de- need more research, and we have to be far-sighted. That was the word they used. We have to be getting in front of this. Any uh, urban area, any region that isn't thinking about where we're going to be, not where we've been, is going to find itself, I think, stranded. And I do hope that whatever comes out of it, that we will be continuing, taking a very tight, hard, and a, a far-sighted look at the whole question around transportation. All our lives are dependent upon it. Our economy is dependent upon it. And when it comes down to it, you know, our mental health is dependent on it. It's just so aggravating to be in a system that seems to be failing or not serving your needs when you know it's possible to do it. Very, very true. Uh, Gordon Price, we'll leave it there. We're out of time, but thank you so much. Good to chat with you this morning. I'm sure we'll be talking about this one again, Joe. <laughs> oh, yes, indeed. That is uh, Gordon Price. He's a uh, director at the City Program at SFU, former councillor uh, in Vancouver. You've been listening to a 980 CKNW podcast. Listen live at cknw.com, the Radio Player Canada app, Tune in Amazon Alexa HD radio at 101.1 FM HD2 and on the AM dial 980 CKNW.